0: Time for my one, two, three cents the podcast on the Jittery Monkey Podcasting Network. Give me the hell yeah! Now, here's your host. The man is also a very long dear personal friend of mine. The guy have a name. Yes, he has a name. Kevin Huntsberger. Woo! Hey, friends. Welcome to episode 468 of the My One Two Three Cents podcast. I am your host, Kevin Huntsberger. Some of you may be watching on YouTube as well, and that'll help with some of the visuals that I'm going to be showing, Um, but certainly please uh, enjoy and listen on your favorite podcasting app. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Take a screenshot, send me that review, and uh, you will be eligible for a My123Cents prize. I want to thank, before we get too far into this show, Chad Smart. Uh, I met Chad almost 20 years ago when I moved to Southern Illinois, and at that time I had never met anyone as fanatical about professional wrestling as myself and we became fast friends uh, through our job we worked the same shift basically and uh we just became really good friends and gosh it's been we worked together for about three years before he moved to los angeles where he currently lives Uh, and chad's been a guest on this podcast many times over Uh, and he's always number one been supportive but he's also always provided uh, many of the prizes for the My123Cents Prize Package Vault. And I've been able to give away things from the toy drive stuff. And, uh, you know, he donated the Shockmaster figure that we ended up putting up for auction and uh, selling uh, chances to purchase it. And that went to support Lane Farrell, Lane Austin, who was a reference drive pro wrestling, who was having some medical issues. So Chad's always been a, a kind And giving person and last week he was on the podcast and and we kind of teased the fact that he was sending another prize package and he sent a lot of stuff he subscribes to uh, the pro wrestling crate and the stuff that he doesn't keep, he sends to me um, several times a year. So when I was out in Los Angeles for WrestleMania. He gave me some things to bring back that I could get in because I just had a carry-on. And then this last go around uh, a week ago, and I wish I had it with me, it's over in another closet here, but uh, you know, there's probably six or eight t-shirts and a lot of autographs and some other little chocky stickers and, and patches and figures, not figures a little micro brawler that we'll do as part of a giveaway at some point as well. Uh, it's out of the package, so I wasn't going to put it in the toy drive bin, but uh, he did send some Darby Allen face paint that I am going to put into the toy, uh, the uh, figure drive uh, donation bin, because, again, we're aiming for 300 Wrestling figures slash toys for this year's drive. So uh, I, I want to plug that as well here in just a few minutes. And and thanks to Chad and and other things that I have collected, we're going to have another nice prize vault prize package uh, for the toy drive. But all that being said, I'm going to be talking a little later in the show about a giveaway we're doing on this week's episode. And as part of that, I want to rewind again to last week where we talked uh, and watched. Pro wrestlers versus zombies. We did a live watch along or uh, we watched it and did our real time responses to it. Uh, It was a bad movie to say the very least and probably a bad podcast uh, and bad video cast. And I haven't even gone back to look to see, I I think It actually got a a decent amount of of listens. I don't know how many people listened all the way through because towards the end, we announced that we were going to give away a prize. If you listened to the entire thing and sent me a message on social media and so far, I haven't gotten any messages, but now's your chance to go back and just listen to that last part and and find out about the prize and and what you need to do to get that. But this week I am going to be giving away a prize as well and kind of Getting into that giving spirit, it is November. The Halloween podcasts are over. Um, Heath Hatton and I, Tyler Hatton and I, I'm hoping to sit down with him sooner rather than later. Um, full disclosure, this week has has been another rough one. Um, one of my fraternity brothers from college days, uh, who I was still in contact with and, and still talk to, um, pretty regularly passed away unexpectedly um, on Tuesday on Halloween. And so uh, on Friday, I went over to Cape Girardeau to be part of uh, his uh, uh, funeral ceremony or his, his funeral. Uh, we do a fraternity, does a, a big ceremony um, whenever a brother dies. And unfortunately, this is the third time now that we've had to do this. Um, and so, you know, we're in our early 50s, so it doesn't feel right that that we're doing these kinds of things already. But such as life. And so that being said, you know, I was, I was in uh, work part of the day on Friday and then headed over to Cape, uh, reconnected with a lot of friends, brothers. Uh, you know, we uh, shared our memories, went out and had a few cold ones. And, and you know, it was nice to see my friends. Uh, I wish it was under better circumstances, but uh, it was nice. And that being said, you know, it, it just, threw me off for the whole rest of the week as far you know, getting the news and then knowing this was coming up and, and preparing for, for all of that um, and trying to balance the podcast. And, and I'm squeezing this in on Sunday morning. Uh, we're helping some friends move their uh, elderly mother to Southern Illinois. And so again, it's just kind of a balancing act of getting things done and, and knocking things out. So uh, I apologize for no guests this week, but I'm hoping that next week um, Heath Hatton and I, Tyler Hatton, I can sit down and talk because he pitched me a really good idea and I like it. And it's just going to be a matter of, of syncing our schedules because as you know, he is busier than I am. So we will get that show knocked out this month as well. I'm, I'm confident of that. And Tyler, if you're listening, I promise we will get that taken care of, uh, sooner rather than later. So, um, Anyway, I was talking about Chad and, 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 you know, the things that he has donated and whatnot. And we're going to uh, this week give away something shortly uh, as we talk and get into the discussion. Because this week, uh, the topic is second generation, third generation wrestlers and the names involved with that. And I have probably talked, I know Chad and I did a podcast years ago on fathers and sons and and fathers and their children um, who have followed in their path. This is not really gonna be that same kind of thing. This is more about the name part of it. And it's all stemming from Lexus King, who if you don't know who Lexus King is, check out NXT. He is the latest superstar to sign with NXT, but he is uh, the artist formerly known as Brian Pillman Jr. And when they first announced that Lexus King was going to be coming in <clears throat> to NXT, you know, we saw the the video play and we got kind of some some idea that Brian Pillman Jr. was coming because there were highlights of, of course, Flying Brian and, and the loose cannon Brian Pillman and, and the iterations of the Brian Pillman Sr. character. Brian Pillman Jr., you know, I think he did some stuff with MLW. He was with AEW. I don't feel like he ever really got his break. He never really caught on. He felt to me like, uh, you know, a second generation guy who was there kind of fulfilling his father's legacy and if you watch dark side of the ring uh you know he kind of talks about that you you know there i feel like there's a lot of pressure on the men and women who follow in their famous parents footsteps whether it's in wrestling or athletics or acting you know and even in our everyday regular life you know when when uh, there is a successful parent who is an attorney or a doctor or um you know, uh, a professor, a teacher, an administrator, and then that child follows in their parents' footsteps career-wise. I feel like there's pressure on on all ends. So it's not just in the entertainment industry um, or sports, but it, it, it's in everyday life that that children feel the pressure of living up to their parents' legacy. Um, of course, when you have millions of people watching that, that pressure is is even more intense. And I feel like with Brian Kilmeade Jr. that that came into play and we've seen it happen before with other wrestlers. And I'm going to talk about some of those and share some stories, some opinions, some of my favorite second generation wrestlers who maybe went on to be successful without adapting to their father or their mother. I think most cases it's father though, um, without adapting to their father's famous name and creating their own legacy. And I think that's what part of this whole strategy is, especially with Brian Pillman jr. Um, who is now again, Lexus King? And I, I, I didn't look. I looked, but I didn't see anything that would indicate the significance of the name Lexus King. I don't know if that uh, is borrowed from a stepfather or another father figure in his life. Um, but I've got to tell you, I like so far, and we're only a few weeks, maybe a month into this new build and this development of this character. But I think it is working. Um, again, when it first came out, and 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 it was revealed that. You know, Lexus King was going to be the name. There was some backlash online, not as much as I had anticipated. I thought that a lot of people would be more offended and upset. And maybe people are understanding that this is part of the journey. This is part of the story. Maybe, maybe Lexus King, when he uh, get, becomes established, maybe he then goes and becomes Brian Pillman Jr. again. I don't know. I don't necessarily think that it has to happen that way because we have seen successful second and third generation wrestlers who have forged their own path, maybe borrowed from the father's name and legacy, but have created their own legacy with a new name and a new IP. Um, because we as fans look at wrestling, of course as fans. We don't look at it from the business side of things where IPS and you know intellectual property um, and branding and marketing and having that character, uh, make money and and be a part of the company's legacy, you know, 20 years from now, 30 years from now, will people be buying Lexus King figures and t-shirts and, and, and bobbleheads? Perhaps, we don't know. But we look back 30 years ago. I mean, really the NWO started 27 years ago, 26 years ago, 28 years ago, whatever it was. And look at the popularity of those shirts still and that merchandise still and those figures still. The guy behind me, the Gooker, who I will always probably end up referencing in this podcast, you know, the Gooker debuted 30 plus years ago uh, at Survivor Series 1990, and that's his first figure. And it's a popular and, and and well-selling figure. So it's it's creating that legacy and creating that nostalgia, I think, that, that carries on and, and goes a long way. In the world of professional wrestling and, and we've talked about that certainly time and time again so i, I don't think that lexus king is a bad idea i th- i like the debut i liked the buildup and the kind of the explanation the story behind why he's you know he's acknowledging that he is brian pillman jr but he's he's also letting us know that hey i'm coming in here and i'm doing my own thing and i applaud wwe for that and i applaud brian pillman jr or lexus king that because i i i i I would imagine when he signed the developmental deal and i I don't know i have no clue but i can't imagine that he signed and then they said oh yeah by the way we're changing your name uh i I would hope that he had a little bit of say in that or at least was acknowledged or was uh, you know given a heads up that this was the path that they were going to take because you hear stories about other wrestlers and and we're going to talk about Gold Dust, Dustin Rhodes here in a minute as well. Might as well transition into him now anyway. But he knew or he has talked before, you know, you, you hear in the uh, interviews that he has done in the past that when he talked to Vince McMahon and, and you know, we saw Dustin Rhodes uh, in late 1990, early 91 in the WWF kind of seconding Dusty Rhodes. And this was before his WCW run, obviously. We didn't really know a lot about Dustin. He had wrestled in Florida, but he was there for a cup of coffee, literally with Dusty, uh, teamed with him at the Royal Rumble at 91, at, where Dusty lost, uh, Dusty and Dustin lost and to Ted DiBiase and Virgil. And by that point, the story was more about Virgil turning on, on Ted DiBiase than uh, it was any more about Dusty because the writing was on the wall and, and Dusty left shortly thereafter. I think that may have been If it wasn't Dusty's last televised match, it was one of his last televised matches. I know he had a few matches after that before going back to WCW, but, you know, Dustin went with him and Dustin became a big star in WCW as Dustin Rhodes, the natural Dustin Rhodes. But he, in my opinion, was a little plain and a little part of the mix and he didn't stand out. There wasn't anything, you know, he was good. He wasn't as charismatic as Dusty, and I and I think those kinds of things uh, were held against him, you know, because then we were directly comparing him to Dusty Rhodes. With Lexus King, maybe we won't be as inclined to compare him to Brian Pillman because he's not carrying that name. Even though we know it's Brian Pillman Jr., we're not calling him that. So we're expecting a new identity. And... This is just my dime store psychologist uh, take on this. So I could be totally wrong. And fans may be more rabid about it and be more critical of it. If if he doesn't perform and and doesn't come through, but with Dustin, you know, he was under a microscope. And so not that he had an unsuccessful run. I think he was very successful in WCW was United States champion tag team champion. You know, he was a great wrestler. He was a great wrestler. But when he came to the WWF in 1995, so about a four-year run in WCWS, The Natural, he comes to the WWF in 1995, puts on some gold paint, wears a gold bodysuit, puts on a wig, is this androgynous figure. And, and admittedly, he says in his uh, interviews that he didn't know what androgynous meant, but he agreed with it because it's the World Wrestling Federation. You know, at that time, the biggest show in town and, you know, even to, to this day, but Pretty much from 95 until he left in, in 20, what was it, 2018, 2019 when he left the WWE, we knew Dustin Rhodes as Goldust. Now, I know he had some breaks where he wasn't uh, in the WWE, where he went back to WCW 99 and was, was seven for a minute, but then adapted back to Dustin Rhodes, and then when he was Black Rain and, and TNA, but for the most part, Dustin Rhodes is associated with gold dust. And even now as Dustin Rhodes in AEW, you know, he paints his face red, but he's still wearing the makeup and he's wearing the bodysuit and he's wrestling um, more of that gold dust style. And I think that helped give longevity to the Dustin Rhodes character. Um, I don't know, you know, if he would have been as successful as just Dustin Rhodes, Coming to the WWF in 1995, Um, Cody Rhodes. You know, we saw similar things going on as far as the charisma. I think he's a a bit more charismatic than Dustin was as a as a performer. But you know, they they tried the Stardust thing, which was a tribute to Dusty. Um, You know, I I, and again, it's hard to tell who's going to resonate and and be able to stand up and rise above. And exceed their their father's success. I think the jury is still out on Cody as far as exceeding Dusty. Um, Dusty, though, obviously, I think is the man and 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 surpassed, or you know, is is still you know, Gold Dust Dustin did not surpass Dusty. Cody, though, is still young in his career. You know, uh, I think there's that possibility. It's really going to see how this story plays out in WWE. Um, But I think the pressure is off. I know that they're still using that family legacy and finishing the story with the family uh, to enhance the Cody Rhodes character and it's working. Um, and, And I think that had Cody come back to WWE as, and they put him back in the paint and made him stardust, then that would not have worked. I think that it is working the way they have done it. It has developed Cody Rhodes. One of those rare cases where he goes out and he learns some new things he creates his own company essentially and comes back to wwe better for it um and and able to in, embrace that legacy and embrace the name the family name um of cody rhodes now had he also come back to the wwe last year and they started calling him you know uh bill jones that wouldn't have worked either and i get that and, and they would have given him something flashier like lexus king but That wouldn't have worked either. So Brian Pillman Jr., I think, was not as recognizable, obviously, say, as Cody Rhodes was. So it's easier to give that moniker. Braun Breaker, another example of that. You know, he's Rick Steiner's son. He sounds and looks a lot like Scott Steiner. He wears or he was wearing uh, the gear. So you knew that he was a Steiner. And, And WWE, NXT, the announcers have acknowledged that he is a Steiner but it works for some reason. I, I feel like it works with him being Braun Breaker. I don't look at him and say, well, he should be Braun Steiner or he should be, you know, Rick Steiner Jr. The way they have worked it and, and it, it, it just has worked. And I, and I feel like sometimes again, you put that pressure on the performer to live up to that name, even though Steiner or Braun Breaker has adopted or adapted to a lot of the rick and scott steiner mannerisms and promo style and and all of that stuff it works for him being his own character and and becoming that character and that creating that legacy uh, is just something that has worked out for him who knows who's to say what will happen when he gets called up to the uh, main roster i think that's inevitable before i don't know if it'll happen before the end of the year maybe it's a Royal Rumble debut for him. I, I don't know, but I feel like Braun Breaker is again going places. They've acknowledged the past with with his father, with with Rick Steiner, with his uncle, um, and the Steiners are part of the you know WWE legends. So we may see more of them coming in and and, and being a part of that. Sometimes though, we see the the child completely disconnected from the family that preceded them. You know bray wyatt may be one of the best examples of this his father is is mike rotundo aka irs his grandfather blackjack mulligan we had barry Wyndham, who is the uncle um and you know bray wyatt's given name at birth was Wyndham rotundo which would have been a cool name to come in and wrestle as that could have worked but i don't think that name worked with the bray Wyatt character so uh when Husky Harris was part of the scene, and and I can't remember when they started acknowledging or or at least letting people know that yeah, this is IRS and, and Blackjack Mulligan's grandson and, and son, respectively. I I don't know when that happened. I don't remember. Um, but Bray Wyatt, obviously, you know, we saw this year in, in losing him that the indelible mark that he created and that legacy that he created as Bray Wyatt. Um, He didn't need to be Blackjack Mulligan III, or he didn't need to be Mike Rotundo Jr. Because even as Mike Rotundo transforming into IRS in the WWE in in the early 90s, I feel like had more success and was more of a character than Mike Rotundo, who was a bit bland and and plain, especially in that 84, 85 run in the WWF with Barry Windham as his tag team partner. you know, he got a little more charismatic as, as Mike Rotundo in the Varsity Club and WCW. But, I mean, I feel like sometimes giving a wrestler, even if they've had a, a heritage and a, an established lineage, giving them a fresh coat of paint and letting them become their own character, their own version of themselves or or their personality and, and amping it up. Now, I don't know if Mike Rotundo was really a numbers guy and and, and an accountant, and, and enjoyed crunching numbers, I have no clue, but that worked for him. And I don't think, uh, you know, Bray Wyatt or Wyndham Rotundo coming in as as a, a tax accountant uh, would have worked. And so we, nobody complains, I don't feel like, about that. But maybe again, it becomes part of that, you know, Bray Wyatt obviously exceeding the success of his father um, in Wyndham, or in uh, Mike Rotundo. Had Brian Pillman Jr. been an established star and 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 successful under Lexus King before he became Brian Pillman Jr., you know, had he done this in reverse, would we would we complain and 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 be as critical of it? You know, Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, you know, he came in originally, he was Flex Cavana when he was in USA or USW Championship Wrestling, because they didn't want to lean in on the family thing. Um Obviously, he embraces his his heritage, uh, becomes Rocky Maivia when he debuts in in 97 for the World Wrestling Federation at the time. And eventually, becomes The Rock, enjoys a lot of success as The Rock, becomes one of the most successful, probably the most successful, not probably, he is the most successful wrestler to transition to Hollywood and become uh, a mainstream star. And I think he's probably is recognized now by being Dwayne Johnson as he was as The Rock uh, in wrestling. Would that have worked if he remained Rocky Maivia? Or, uh, you know, I, I I know as The Rock, he was still embracing that heritage. But again, it's getting that chance to shine and create your own path and, and not just be pigeonholed into living up to your father's legacy. David Flair, you know, I, I feel like, He lacked some of the charisma. He lacked a lot of the charisma, obviously, that his his father had. Um, And then you look at his sister, Charlotte Flair. You know, Charlotte Flair worked. And I think that she would have worked if she would have just came in and and been someone else. She has that skill set and that dynamic. And sometimes I feel like WWE leaned in too much with the Flair legacy with her and didn't give her enough room to be her own person. But I think it worked because she was a, a a daughter instead of a son. Natalia Nightheart, I feel like, was the same way. She is Natty or, or Natalia and and hasn't really used the the Nightheart name very much, but it worked uh, last week on Raw when Chelsea Green wrestled Natalia and, and it was the Halloween episode and they came out. Natalia and and Piper Niven came, I'm sorry, Chelsea and, and Piper Niven came out as the Heart Foundation and, and and that worked and that legacy and again, that's a case where Natalia, you know, people complain of she's not used well enough or, or, but I feel like Natalia is is a perfect example of, you know, that second, third generation utility player who has given back and is helping others uh, grow and develop as well. And I think that she has created a legacy. Brian Christopher, you know, I've, I don't know if Memphis TV acknowledged he being the son of, of Jerry the King. I remember not knowing for a long time. That that was was Jerry Lawler's son, but then you know, I don't think. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't remember him ever wrestling as Brian Lawler in even in in Memphis or USWA. It was always Brian Christopher. Um, and again, I think that's part of that trying to create your own legacy, create your own name, um, and and becoming that superstar. Garrett Bischoff when he was was refereeing um, in TNA. Uh, and Eric Bischoff has talked about this on his podcast. He didn't want Garrett to be saddled with the Bischoff name and and that pressure and that expectation and that that uh, you know inevitable judgment. Uh, one, you're going to be judged because people are thinking you're there because of your your name, and and two, if you don't live up to the expectation, so it's 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 a you're you're screwed either way. You're damned if you do, and you're damned if you don't. If you embrace the name David Flair, for example you know, well, he's only here because he's Ric Flair's son and he's only here and he's, he's not Ric Flair. He's, he's, he sucks. You know what I mean? And so, and I'm not saying that David Flair sucks. I feel like if he would have been given more of an opportunity, but I don't know, again, some of these kids get into it and, and maybe it's pressure. I, I don't know. They feel like they have to fulfill some sort of legacy and live up to some sort of name. Whereas when I think again, Brian Pillman Jr. I don't feel like he was hitting with audiences in these other companies and it's not I'm not putting anything on the companies they went with the name recognition and, and especially with AEW and MLW they were not household companies AEW is growing and developing into that but when you can have some recognizable names on your roster that you don't have to recreate, you know, when, when Dean Ambrose, for example, left WWE, he couldn't be called Dean Ambrose there. He went back to his name that we saw in the Indies as John Moxley, but wrestling fans and or, or those casual fans don't know who John Moxley is. They know they remember in the nineties and two thousands or um, in the nineties watching Brian Pillman. So, When Brian Pillman Jr. is wrestling, okay, that's a name that I recognize and that I remember. And it helped with Chris Jericho being, you know, Chris Jericho for 30 years and and being a part of that. So I, I think that part of that goes into play where they maybe didn't want to repackage or recreate Brian Pillman Jr. because he had that name value from his father. Again, I'm jumping into the heads of people. I have no idea. I'm just. Speculating that that's part of the reason why he maybe stayed Brian Pillman Jr. because it's again, it's not a bad thing, and I don't know if AEW has any current talent on the roster that is second or third generation that is not still tied to their famous father or siblings. Um, Curtis Axel, you know, I've talked about him before as as Mr. Perfect. Mr. Perfect Junior wouldn't have worked. I, I feel like Curtis Axel and, and and Ted DiBiase Jr are great examples. Their fathers were so prolific in the '80s and and such big names and, and such big characters. Their sons, though, just didn't didn't reson, reson, resonate Sorry, with us as as fans, you know it was it was hard. I think especially for Ted DiBiase Jr, but I think Mike McGillicuddy, you know, I, I questioned that name. And then when he was Curtis Axel. It made more sense, but again, I think he struggled and, 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 you know, not everyone is cut out to be in the business and not everyone is char- as charismatic as their fathers. And when you have, a, again, those extreme cases of a Ric Flair, of a Dusty Rhodes, of a Ted DiBiase, of a Mr. Perfect, those are hard shoes or boots to fill. Charlotte has done a fantastic job of that. Um, and, and of that group of, of wrestlers that have the offspring, really, you know, Dusty, Ric Flair, um, Mr. Perfect, and and Ted DiBiase. Charlotte, I think is the only one that is on par of surpassing the father. Cody, again, the jury is still out. I think that he's got a lot of that charisma that Dusty had um, and time will tell and and we will ultimately see. Uh, I think I've gotten through most of my list, you know, Jake Roberts, his father was Grizzly Smith. We never knew that, you know, on TV you would have never known that. Uh, and he, Jake Roberts turned out just fine. And it's probably a good thing. He wasn't as closely associated with, with his famous father. And of course this guy, I'm a shirt, the Macho Man, Randy Savage. Ooh, yeah. yeah. You know, Lanny Poffo. Leaping Lanny Poffo was his brother. Didn't have the same kind of charisma that Macho Man had. Angelo Poffo. I never saw Angelo Poffo uh, wrestle. I know that he was a, a big time promoter and, and did, uh, the, uh, I think it was iwa or iwc here actually ran in southern illinois um, and and had events but you know randy Pafo just doesn't have the same ring as randy savage so changing that name and creating that character and that legacy goes a long way and it, it goes to develop a, a, a new name a new identity and, and something that uh, creates some some new legacies, some new IPs, some new merchandise opportunities, all of that stuff. And so that brings us toward the end of this week's episode. And we talked about the names and the sons and the, and the daughters and the second generation, third generation, and, and eventually fourth generation. I think we will see uh, as well. I think we've actually started seeing that with The Rock's daughter, uh, who I believe is called Ava Rain on NXT. And I don't know if she's still doing much or if she's even still there, but, you know, she, that's another example of, of trying to develop a character on their own and, 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 and having them go to NXT, you know, Brian Pillman Jr. Or, or Lexus King being in NXT is not a bad thing. And I think it, it's going to help that brand as well uh, with, with, some of the skills and and the things that he knows and and has learned through the years. So here is where we're doing the giveaway. We talked about the rock, obviously, Rocky via. This is a a, uh, rock Christmas ornament in the package still. It is the Christmas season almost. We're doing the toy drive. So this is part one of the prize. This is part two, another second. Generation star, Eddie Guerrero, brand new. This is a brand new t-shirt. So Chad sent me a bunch of t-shirts as well. Um, and I've got some used t-shirts that we'll do something else with, but brand new t-shirt. So it's never been worn. So this is an Eddie Guerrero t-shirt. I think it's an extra large. So can't do anything about the size, but this is going to be the prize. All you need to do is share this week's podcast, either share the YouTube link, share the, uh, the, the, the podcast link or do both Uh, you can just reshare the facebook post that i put on my personal facebook page and on the my123sense page so share that link and when you do that let us know who your favorite second third fourth generation wrestler is so who is your favorite so you're doing two things you're sharing the link and you are sharing the name of your favorite second generation superstar Probably by next week's podcast, I'll announce the winner uh, because give it a little time for people to listen and share because not everybody listens on day one. And uh, we'll go from there and we'll see who ends up being the winner of this prize. Again, it is uh, a rock Christmas ornament and it is an Eddie Guerrero t-shirt that I believe is from the Pro Wrestling Tees uh, store. So a way to win. And uh, again, we're gonna push the heck out of this uh, toy drive. It is happening, it is going on, it has been going on. So you can Venmo me, uh, Kevin hyphen Huntsperger. I will be going shopping. I have had a few people do that already. So I will be going shopping uh, probably later this month or, or in the early December. Uh, or just mail, snail mail, uh, order off of Amazon and, and you can have them shipped directly to me. I've had people do that as well in the past. And I will make sure that these toys are going to Toys for Tots, which serves five counties here in Southern Illinois. I believe it's Franklin, Williamson, Jackson, Jefferson, and Saline counties. It's the upside-down T in Southern Illinois. If you if you know, you know. Uh, But yeah, I will be making sure that those toys. uh, I've already talked to Toys for Tots. I know when. They are going to be uh, collecting and and how long and and where they're located. So every year for the last, this will be year six of the toy drive. It started in 2018. And again, I credit the major wrestling figure uh, podcast toy drive. They collect thousands of toys every year. Again, I'm going for hundreds, 300 is the goal this year. So let's make this happen. Let's make this a reality. I appreciate it. I appreciate you for listening. And being a part of the My One Two Three Sense experience, friends, have a great week, and we will talk again soon. This is a production of the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network. For more jittery shenanigans, go to jitterymonkey.com.